other really great things that I realised is that come next week, um, we've actually been running services for six months. Woohoo! Yeah. So happy six month anniversary. Woohoo! <laughs> Guys, um, you know, happy six month anniversary. It's so good. Um, you know, I've got a romantic date for us. Um, we've got a <laughs> singer songwriter. His name's Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy Calendar. It's going to be so good. But um, it's been. It's actually been really exciting. It's been an exciting journey, and I, I, I thought one of the things that would actually be pretty cool today is maybe just go over uh, just some of the things that we can celebrate, um, some of the things that um, God's done in the past six months, because it's always good to celebrate what God has done. Because if we don't recognize that fact, if we don't take time to, to celebrate the favor and the faith that God's put on our lives, well, then we can't recognize it when it comes across. So if we don't look for the blessing, we don't recognise the blessing. Does that make sense? Yeah, so um, for today, the, uh, I guess my message is called Faith and Favour. Now the thing is, is that faith and favour go hand in hand. And for us as a, for us as a church, so obviously again we're a church plant. Pretty soon we're, we're not going to be able to say that we're a church plant anymore. Pretty, pretty soon we're just going to say that we're a church. Pretty soon we're not going to be able to say, hey, this is just the start of a church. Pretty soon, the culture that we have in church is going to be our culture. That was one of the things that I've sort of realized over the last six months, is that whatever the culture is, well, um, if you're in the room or you're hearing this right this very second, you guys are currently the inner circle of Church Untamed. There's no other circle apart from me and Shannon on late nights going, Shannon, what are we going to do? Like, that is the inner circle. And so you guys are in. You guys, so never assume that you're not part of the family. If you're here, you're part of the family. If you, if you see something that could be done or should be done, jump in. It's going to be, it's awesome. You have permission to do that. Yeah. All right? If you see something that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing, for goodness sakes, maybe come and have a nice quiet yarn to us afterwards. Maybe not halfway during the sermon. <laughs> Excuse me, pastor. No, um, all right? But I think one of the really important things that we need to do is that we need to celebrate what's been. We need to embrace what is, and we need to look to what will be. So we need to be able to recognize the favor that we have as a church, and we need to be able to start building faith in ourselves so that we can begin to step into all that God has for us. So I don't know about you guys, but it's actually quite scary, the amount of favor that, that we have in the community. Okay, it's, it's, quite, it's quite scary. Um, scary is maybe not the right word, but that's okay. Um, like, if you think and consider six months ago, um, let me, when we first launched Church Untamed, so when we launched the service, we hadn't run a connect group for six months, oh, four months, sorry. We hadn't run it since before Red Frogs. We didn't really have a launch team of any kind apart from me and Shannon and the kids. Um, we didn't know who was going to turn up if we set up the chairs and... Uh, even today, 5 to 10 is one of the most um, nerve-wracking times of... And 5 past 10 now for some of us. Um, it's one of the most nerve-wracking times um, every, every single week because it's like, oh, my goodness. Because when it came to launch day, launch day was amazing, but it was all of our friends. And so all of our, all of our friends came, and it's like, man, this is incredible. You know, God's really doing something. And then it come to the second week and the third week, and people kept turning up, which is amazing. It's so, it's so, it's so good. We like that. We, we really like the fact, but it wasn't actually until we took that faith step where God said, yeah, it's time to start services. In the natural, um, it didn't make sense. 
in the natural, you'd think that you'd want to have like a couple of house groups, and those house groups would be pumping and, and all of that stuff. But God said, no, it's, it's time. It's a, it's a year of favor. It's, it's time to start services. And, and you guys are here as a result of that. Yeah. Um, about like in January, so this is two months before services started, we had to write like a vision for the year because, you know, we have a trustees meeting and that sort of sets like things like budget and things like that, which we, we didn't have because we hadn't run services yet. So, you know, we're, we're, this is a faithful budget. This is what we see. And so I just wanted to write that down, and I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk to you guys about it. And I mean, this shouldn't be anything that um, all things going well. This is all stuff that we've already talked about over the last six months. You'll probably recognise messages that we've done on it. You'll probably recognise um, the same three or four phrases talked about over and over again. So 2016 was the word that we had from God was the hope generation. Okay, so our mission statement was to see, or is to seek God, to love people, and to build community. Our values that we wanted to see in our people, so that was our values as a church as a whole. And remember, when we wrote this down, we didn't have a church to apply values to, if that makes sense. So this is just speaking prophetically to what's to come. Live brave, live free, live creative, live connected, live authentic. And to live generous. And so it's amazing that in the last six months we've seen all of that begin to come to pass. Mm. Does it mean that we've arrived yet? Absolutely, absolutely not. But we're beginning to see the fruit of, being, of sowing those seeds. Um, Psalm 78 verse 7, New Living Translation says, So each generation should set its hope in you and God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. And that was one of the things that we really felt for, um, for Cromwell was that it was a hopeless generation. That was one of the things that come, that come through time and time again, particularly with the younger generation, is that because they'd grown up in a world that, like, they never encountered Jesus, they didn't even know the stories, they didn't know what he'd done for them, there was this hopelessness. Um, there was also this, quite often talking to, um, to people from around the community, there was this, um, or there's this, you know, this is the way that things have always been done. And I don't think they're ever going to change. And um, one of the things that we sat down and we talked about is that, no, this, that's not true. We should be the thermostat and not the thermometer. We should be the ones that, is, as Christians, we're counterculture. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the culture of a, of a region or an area is. We get to set the culture because we have sovereignty and we have authority over, right. over all the earth. So what we speak into being, what, we, what culture we carry is actually going to, we have the ability to impact the world around us. Not because, not because we're some sort of special people, but we've, been, we've, been, we've encountered God in a way that means that we don't operate in the same way anymore. So six months ago, we didn't have a building. Uh, we didn't have sound gear. Uh, we didn't have people. One of the really great things, and one of the things that I've found, is that... Um, don't underestimate what's in your hand. See, God, if, God's, if God gives us favor, so favor isn't, favor's not fear. Favor is bias. If I have a favorite, that means that I will treat that child more favorably than whoever else. Hopefully I'll treat my child more favorably, favorably than the family dog. I'd hope so. Um, 
But the thing is, is that um, as Christians, we need to make sure that we, we know what's in our hand. What do we have? Yeah. Don't, curse what, don't curse what God's blessed. Okay? So six months ago, we started, or well, it felt like we started with a, not a lot. Or a year ago, or however far. But this is what we wrote down, and have, have a think about what's happened in the last six months. So in Cromwell, in the past 10 years, there's been 10 plus tragic deaths amongst young people, with four in the past 14 months. And um, some of you guys knew those people pretty well. With Bible, Bible and schools looking at finishing at Goldfields Primary, remember that was a huge deal at the start of the year. And no Bible and schools program at Cromwell Primary. There's a generation rising that has no knowledge of Jesus. Yeah. And that's what we're finding in youth group at the moment. We're at the stage where we're still telling the basic Bible stories. Kids don't know who David and Goliath is. Yeah. Kids don't know who Samson is. Some kids aren't really too sure how Jesus fits into the picture. There's a generation rising that has no knowledge of Jesus. This is a community and a generation that needs the hope that only Jesus can provide. Now, you guys are here on a Sunday morning. You carry that hope. You have, you, have an answer, you, have a, you have the answer to the questions that people don't even know how to ask at the moment. Our focus this year is going after the youth generation. Now, if, one of the great things is, is if you're alive, and if you're under the age of 70, you can probably sneak into that youth generation if you want to, okay? So, so don't be offended. <laughs> um, supporting youth and young families in particular, and you have a look around at the moment, it's young families that are hanging out with us. Something which the community desperately needs. The top-tier young people achieve highly in the sporting arena. There's a whole heap of su- supports and structures for the people that achieve highly in sporting, like some great structures. The at-risk youth are currently are strongly currently catered for. The at-risk youth are strongly catered for with the current youth centre, and that's true and continues to be true. There's a hidden majority that's not being cared for, and it's an area we need to be passionate passionate about. It's that hidden majority, and that's who that is. Who we've been reaching on the Friday nights. It's who we've been reaching in the schools. Okay, so I believe we're coming into a season of favour. We're already seeing it. So as a church, we have favour in the school. So obviously, we get to use this beautiful, this beautiful building. Okay, that becomes increasingly less beautiful as the kids destroy it, but it's still beautiful. <laughs> okay, um, we've got favour in the school in terms of chaplaincy. We've got favour in the school in terms of running a youth group, which is like one of the largest youth groups they've had for years. Um, in terms of youth group, we've got favour with the kids, where um, they're asking for the word of God. Um, we've got favour in our community with Winterfest. So going into Winterfest and, um, and, and, and doing that. Um, you know, and now we're um, having conversations with the Queenstown Lakes District Council, like, regularly. We're talking with our friends, um, Andrew and Alana, who are the C3 pastors over in Queenstown. We're just having a chat with them on Friday night, which was, which was awesome, actually. And they, were, and they were sort of pointed out the fact that they'd been in the community for three and a half years, had been trying to get conversations with people that, who had contacted us in the past six months. Mm. <laughs> like at the moment, we've got so much favour that we don't currently have the capacity to carry the favour that we already have. We can't say yes to every opportunity that we already have. That tells me two things, and one of them is really exciting. One is that, A, we need to grow in capacity. And B, that tells me that we need to, we need to faithfully expect an influx of people. Yeah. 
Because it always says that the, har- you know, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. But if we're looking around and we're seeing harvest everywhere we go, we know that the workers are coming. Like The That's workers right. have to come That's because right. God's not going to let that harvest go to seed. And so as a church, like at the moment, like we look around and at five to ten every, every day we sort of go, oh my goodness, you know, are there going to be people in that? You know, that's not always going to be the case. Yeah. What's, what, as a church, or as Church Untamed, what we need to do as Christians is we need to make sure that not only um, it doesn't matter who goes through those doors on a Sunday, we're going to be the most welcoming, yeah. we're going to be the most inviting, we're going to be the ones that, I don't know about you guys, but it's really great. My favorite part of every service normally is not my preaching. Um, it's Shannon's preaching. No, the, the favorite part of every service for me normally is actually hanging out after the service, fellowshipping with Christians, actually like um, sharpening vision, seeing what's happening in people's worlds. That's, ama- that's amazing for me. Yeah. Because for me, that feels like family. Yeah. It feels like community. It feels like um, oh, this is what God's always intended: is yeah, for right. is for to have a group of believers hanging out together in community and doing life from Monday to Friday, not ju- uh, Monday to Saturday, not just Sunday. See, the great thing is, is that if we that's so good. The great thing is, is that. If we want people to enter the the walls of the church, if we want people to come in, we're going to come together and we're going to encourage each other. But we want to make this a place that's going to be so welcoming that it's not going to matter who comes in, whether it's someone that's been a Christian forever or it's someone that's coming into the church for the very first time. We want to love on them. We want to encourage them. We want to make them feel a part of. Because the thing is, is if we're to walk through the, um, the favor and the opportunity that we already have, like right this very second... Then, then, we need, then we need to start inviting people around. We need to start discipling people. We need yeah. to start mentoring people. We need to start encouraging people. Okay? And that's not just going to be me. And that's not just going to be Shannon. Like, that's one of the things that we've talked about over the past six months. Is it's not just, this is not going to be a super pastor church. Like, you guys have talked to me for longer than about four minutes. You know it's not going to be a super pastor <laughs> church. There's no super pastor here. <laughs> what this place is going to be is it's going to be a place where people are going to be encouraged to walk in the calling that God's given them. Whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like for you. You ever think about the gifts, what God's given you in your hand? You ever think of the leadership that God's placed over your life? The prophetic words that have been spoken over your life? As, as a church, and as a, particularly as a core group of people, we need to start thinking about our capacity. Now, I know some of you guys' stories. I know some of the guys' stories that aren't here at the moment. But um, for some of us, we used to walk in far greater things than we do right now. It's interesting, eh? And that's, for us, being in Cromwell, that's been one of the hardest things for us to, um, to get our head around. Like, God positioned us to come here, um, which, which is amazing, and, and, and we felt strongly that. But at the same time, we're going, oh, my goodness, but... You know, you were using us in, in, in this way back down here, and there was all this awesome stuff going on and, and all of that. But actually, positioning God where he wants us to be has meant that there's a whole heap of doors that, are, that have been opened. That's right. Okay? Not because of who we are, but because of who God is in us. And it's the same for all of us. So, um, so for us, there might, be, um, there might be gifts, there might be talents that you've... Um, like the hidden talents, do you know what I mean? We've all got hidden talents. I haven't rolled my tongue in, in church yet, but I, I can roll my tongue really well. 
But we, we all have that hidden treasure and that hidden ta- talent within us. I believe that one of the things that's going to happen in this next season is that if we're going to walk in the favour that God carries us, it's time for us to uncover those talents again. I don't know if you've noticed or not, like I've been a part of a of big church before, but when you're in a small church like this, it's really hard to hide. <laughs> and so if that's the case, um, it's really hard to hide is the first thing. The second thing is, is that when it comes to need, well, there's need everywhere. <laughs> we need team everywhere. So it's not actually a case of team, it's a case of uncovering those talents within you, un- uncovering that capacity within you that may have been dormant for a while. Like Shannon touched on that last week when it talked about, when she talked it, she, my wife, her, um, talked about sleeper awake. Sleeper awake. Sleeper awake. One of the things that we had back down in Invercargill, and it happened time and again, is that people would come to us and they'd, they'd be coming out of this um, huge wilderness season. They'd be wandering around in the desert for a really long time. Um, sometimes because of her, um, sometimes because um, they just found themselves in Invercargill, and Invercargill's not always the most awesome place to hang out. Like Invercargill has, has some great things about it, but the people are amazing. That's why I loved Invercargill. You know, there's a whole list of other reasons why it might not be the best place to hang out. See, the great thing is, is if we walk in faith and favour, failure no longer enters into the equation. If we walk in faith and favour, failure no longer enters into the, uh, into the equation. It doesn't enter into the conversation. There's going to be no such thing as failure here. That's my, that's my heart. Because the thing is, is as, as church planters, as, as, like we're all church planters, congratulations, you guys signed up. That's, that's, what, we're doing, that's what we're doing now. Um, if that's the case, we're going to do some stuff that's not going to work. And that's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It's not something you're ever going to get fired for. Um, it's not, it's not going to be something that's, that you're ever going to get the talking about. We're going to try some stuff for no other reason than we need to try things. We're not, going to, we're not going to follow the same model as what's come before. We're not going to follow the model of the Presbyterians for, for the exact reason that the Presbyterians are already using that model. So if someone's attracted to that, they'll go there. We're not going to do the same as, um, as, as um, Lakeside. For exactly the same reason. If, if they wanted someone that was like Pastor Bruce and they wanted someone like that, that particular thing, then they'd go there. There's already a great, a great church that already follows that model. Now, what, that, what does that mean for us? For us, that means that we might have to trailblaze and try new things. Yeah, that might mean that we need to, to trial new things and it might not work, but that's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay? Um, one of the things that I wrote down here today was... Oh, okay, so Romans, um, Romans 8... Verse 28 to th- oh, 39, that's pretty huge. <laughs> Romans 8, verse 28 to 39 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. There might be stuff in, that's happened in your life that's not positive stuff. It might be stuff that God never intended for you for it to happen in your life. But he's going to use that for maximum effort, uh, for maximum benefit. He's going to use that for maximum good, not just for yourself, but for those around you. For God knew his people in advance. God knows you. He knows the best stuff about you. He knows the worst stuff about you. 
Have you ever thought about how hilarious it is to try and hide stuff from God? Like, how, how funny is that? Like, Adam and Eve hid naked in the bushes because they knew they were naked, and God's like, why are you hiding? <laughs> I, know, I know you're naked, and now you know you're naked. God knows us. He fully knows us. He fully accepts us. God favors us. He loves us. He loves all our quirks and all our, um, the good stuff and all of the bad stuff. And sometimes he loves us so much that he won't let us stay in the place that we're at at the moment. Have you ever noticed that sometimes we camp at some of the worst places in our lives? We don't focus on the favor and blessing that's happened in our life. We, we focus on the, the most negative thing and we keep going around that same mountain time and time and time again. Now remember, God never wanted the Israelites to wander around in the desert for 40 years. That was not the original plan going around the same mountain again and again and again. Now, in the in, in context of the desert that the Israelites hung out in, they could have gone from one side of it to the other in three days. But they lived there for 40 years. So it wasn't a case of them being lost in the wilderness. They chose to camp there for 40 years. They weren't ready for the next phase. They weren't ready to take the land and the giants that God had given them to take. So the word... Ah, uh, okay. And he chose them to become like his son. Romans 8 again. And he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn amongst many brothers and sisters. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be a brother or a sister to Jesus. That sounds pretty, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I want God to be my dad. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. How cool is it that we get to carry God's glory around? Now, we don't carry God's glory around just to keep to ourselves and make us feel warm at night. Like, the Holy Spirit is not a spiritual hot water bottle. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so toasty. See, the thing is, is um, what, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? So if the basis for what God's willing to give up for us, like the baseline is he was willing to sacrifice his son so that we might have right standing with him, well, then what can we ask God for? God's already given the most precious thing to us freely, without compulsion, even if we choose to reject it. That gift's available for everyone. So the thing that I've got written down here is that favor opens doors. So we're living in a time of favor. You are favored, you are favored, you are favored. We're living in a time of favor. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where favors open doors, but I'll get to it and then go, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, I don't have the right, I don't have the right capabilities. I don't have the right finances. I don't have the right resources. I'm not in the right place. I've got all of these excuses. Moses had all the excuses as well, and God sent him anyway. So the thing that I wrote down is that favor opens doors, but faith walks through it. Okay, so we're seeing favor. We might not, we might not see like, we might not see like every chair filled in here from week to week, but there's still favor that's far greater than what we can even hold on to at the moment. That's right. Like, how amazing is that? How amazing, how amazing is that? That 
that we've been running church for six months. We now, we now help to run the largest youth group in Cromwell. We help to run one of the largest youth groups in central Otago. We're starting to see salvation. We're starting to see the school change. Yeah, we're being invited into we're being invited into Cromwell College. I believe we'll get to the point where we'll be invited into Cromwell Primary and we'll get invited into Goldfields. Why? Not because of who we are, but because of who we carry. That's right. That's right. And see, it's not up to us to open the doors. God will open the doors. That's right. It's not up for one person to carry, or two people to carry, or even fifteen people to carry. See, there's a harvest coming. Yeah, it's good. There's a harvest coming. There's going to be people that are going to come into our church that are going to be broken, that are going to be hurting, that are going to be, I don't know, smelly and disgusting. I don't know. But this, the thing is, is that we can look at them in the natural and go, oh man, that's smelly and disgusting. But God will look at them and go, no, these are Samson. Yeah. These are Samuel. These are David. This is a mighty man of God. This is a mighty woman of God. And our, our job, or one of the things that we do is that because we have favor and because we have faith, we can begin to call that out of whoever we have around us. See, some of the greatest leaders in that church, some of the greatest leaders in the church of Cromwell or Central Otago are currently sitting in the pubs on Saturday night. We don't want them to stay there. They're going to come in, but when they come in, they're not going to look like the leaders of tomorrow. They're going to look like the drunks of today. See, so the important thing is is to celebrate what's been. The important thing is to celebrate what's happening right now, like actually be present in the moment. And the important thing is also to celebrate what is to come. We need to start praying into that. We need to start speaking that into being. We need to have faith for that. Where we are at the moment is not where we're going to be. It's just, it's just not going to be. God's got bigger plans than that. God's bias towards his kids, and even now, God makes a way. Okay? So, this is what I've written, this is what I've written down. Apparently it's not. No, this is what I've written down. We've got a couple of doors which have opened to us, and it freaks me out. Like, um... So you remember how we felt when we talked about Winterfest? I remember talking about Winterfest. Hey, guys, we're going to start with a small community outreach. We're going to start with Winterfest. About 50,000 people. It's going to be great. <laughs> As a result of that, um, we're now looking towards New Year's. Okay? We've, again, we've got favour in the community and favour in a way that... So, oh, did I finish the Andrew and Alana story, the C3 story? Probably not, hey. So what happened is that we were talking with them and... Um, and so we've been talking with the Queenstown Lakes District Council about doing a, a safety response for New Year's in Wanaka and Queenstown. Again, that's wider favour than like a small local church should have. Like we're a Cromwell church. And now we're beginning to impact Central Otago. How does, how does that work? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and so we've got this, we had this meeting and um, it's, gone really, it's gone really, really well. We met up with the Queensland Lakes District Council and Andrew and Alana are saying, well, we've, we've been trying for three and a half years to have meetings with these people and we haven't been able to, and they called you. So, oh, okay, that's quite good. That's, that's awesome. So now we're going on this journey with, this journey with them, where as a result of the favour that we carry, they're, gonna, they're about to go through that door where they're going to have um, access to the Queensland Lakes District Council as well yeah. because they're going to want people on the ground in Queenstown. So the great thing is, is that if we carry favour, it's not just favour for us to carry, 
Favour opens doors, and it's not just a case of us opening doors. Like, a door's a door, open door, shut the door behind you, no one else can go through. If we carry favour and we understand that we have God's favour on our life, we can open a door, and that door is now a way or a doorway for other people to go through. Yeah, it's good, that's good. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's good. See, we're more than conquerors. We're not just called to take over a city, we're called to make a way for other people to come as well. And see, the thing is, is that we operate in our favour. Other churches will operate in their favour. You've got individual favour, so you've got grace for certain areas. I'm not going to be able to go to the Cromwell Rugby Club and, um, and walk through that door. I don't have, fa- have favour in that area. Okay? I'm not going to be able to go to the netball club and go, Hey! <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm look the way that I do, and I, you know, anyway. <laughs> So the first thing is, is that Queenstown, uh, Queenstown and uh, New Year's for Queenstown and Wanaka. Do you know what's about to happen? We're about to have between 40 and 100 young people um, are going to come hang out with us over New Year's. And as a church, we're going to help facilitate that. And what's going to happen is that there's going to be two groups of people. There's going to be a response in Queenstown. There's going to be a response in Wanaka. And what we're doing is we're safeguarding a generation of young people when they're at their most vulnerable. Yeah. We're safeguarding a generation of young people when they make the dumbest decisions they're probably ever going to make. We're safeguarding a generation of young people when they can't make the decisions, their own decisions for themselves. Yeah. We're safeguarding a young person when they're unprotected. So not only so that's that's what we're going to do. So over Christmas and New Year's between the 28th and about the 2nd, if you're around or you're available or you're wanting to help out with that, that's, that's a door that we're going to walk through. Not only that, we're going to. What that means is that becomes one of the largest young adults missions in New Zealand and the South Island. If that makes sense, if there's 40 or 100 people going to come and hang out, whatever that looks like, we're still working it out. I don't, I don't know logistically how it's going to work because I'm not that way inclined. I can just connect people, so hopefully I know someone that can do that. <laughs> and so they're going to come, and for five days they're going to speak life into people at times when they're at their most vulnerable. They're going to give them a different de- de- different destination to their night. And we're going to be a part of that. Now, what does that mean? It might not necessarily mean... You might not be the person that's holding the hair back of the person as they're going... Which is not a particularly fun job, just by the way. There's not a whole lot of glory in that. But there's other ways that we're going to be able to help. We're going to be able to help financially. We're going to be able to help on a, on a practical level. It might be a case of getting people around. It might be a case of driving vans. It might be a case of helping with food. It might be a case of finding a place for them to sleep. It might be all of it. But that's something that we've done as a result of the favour that we've walked in over the last six, six months. So that's the first thing. Is that cool? Is that cool that we're going to do that? Yeah. To be perfectly honest, if we start with our community outreach being the two largest events in Queenstown over the year, well, every other community outreach that we're going to do is going to seem pretty easy in comparison, hey? (laughs) But we have the capacity to do it. And how do I know that? Because God's called us to do it. And so we know that we have the capacity. You might not feel like you have the capacity to do that right this very second, but you will have that capacity. I'm faithfully confident that that'll happen, because as soon as you put yourself in bigger situations, you grow. 
So the second thing that um, is kind of cool and I wanted to talk about is um, in about a month's time, so on the 4th of November, um, it's kind of weird how this, this kind of happened, um, we're going to run probably the largest youth concert in Cromwell for a really long time. Um, so, um, after the last uprising, which was we took our young people up to Dunedin, remember we took seven kids up, five kids responded, which was awesome. Um, one of, one of the things that the kids asked would, uh, would be, man, it would be awesome if we could do this in Cromwell. Do you think they would ever be able to do this in Cromwell? And we went, yeah, all right. Yep. And went, all flip. <laughs> <laughs> no, no music team, <laughs> no sound, <laughs> no youth group that even knows what youth group looks like. <laughs> Remember, that was their first youth group experience. They only learned that they were allowed to jump during music during that night. Hey, can we do this back down? Yeah. So we've just um, we've just had conversations with some people up in up in Auckland at conference, and so Wanaka's committed to coming. Queenstown's committed to coming. Alexandra's committed to coming. Dunedin's committed to coming. Uh, and Vicargo's committed to coming. And they did that all before we've organised anything. So right, right this very second. Uh, haven't quite organised music. <laughs> Don't currently have musicians. Um, We're not sure who's going to (laughs) speak, but we do know a month from now there's going to be all these young people from all over the show coming to Cromwell because Cromwell's where the spiritual, where the central point, you know, like the heart of it joins. It's it's like a crossroads. It's a highway and a byway. There's this gathering that's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Well, there's something on that. There's this gathering that's going to happen. There's an opportunity for our young people to go and hear the gospel. Not just, yeah. not just the kids in our youth group, but actually the school now. Yeah. Um, the guys in Dunedin uh, have committed to coming down. So they answered one of the questions. They've committed to coming down and bringing sound gear, bringing lighting, bringing all of that stuff. So musos. have got friends from Invercargill coming up, and they're going to be able to, to do items and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so we need to start praying into that. So it's the 4th of November. Um, it's something that as a church I want us all to do. I want us all to own. I want us all to be a part of. Because yeah. the thing is, I believe that's going to be a night for us where we begin to see the harvest. Yeah. We begin to see the potential of what happens when we all work together for a common purpose. Something powerful begins to happen. Yeah. So I'm going to get in contact with, um, with the Presbyterian Church and see if we can invade their hall because we need somewhere for the kids to sleep because... And the gymnasium as well. And we'll talk to Pastor Bruce as well and see if um, we'll be able to borrow, borrow vans and stuff like that. But actually, it's going to be the start of the churches working together. Yeah, it's awesome. And I'm so excited by that. I think, it's, I think it could be incredible. Yeah. Because I don't know about you guys, but I look, ar- I look around now and I believe that there's hope rising in our young people. Yeah, that's right. And the thing is, is that we're going to come to a point where our young we're, Church is going to look completely different. You imagine if there's, you imagine, I don't know, how many salvations could be there that day? How many could we believe for? Yeah. There could be 35, 40, 45, 50 salvations. If there's 200 people there, which, like, that's not. Yeah. It'd be great if there's 200 people there. If there's 200 people come on that Friday night, that's not only one of the largest youth events that Cromwell's run for a really long time. That's one of the largest youth events we've ever run. Yeah. In this, in, this, in this town of 3,000. How incredible is that? Yeah. See, faith is not fear. 
And it's not necessarily, and it's not necessarily related to capacity. It's not necessarily related to gifting. It's related to the fact that, that we can recognize who God is in us and begin to operate from that point of view. Anyway, I'm going to finish up in a minute. So I've got, what do we do then? If we are living in faith and favor, we can look back and celebrate what God has done. We can look to the present and see what God is doing. And then look ahead and have confidence in what God is about to do. We know we're living in exciting times. Um, I just wanted to leave you with this verse, like a, practically on a practical level. Well, what, what do we do like as, as individuals now if this is where we're going as a, as a community, as a faith community? Isaiah 61. So again, I love Isaiah because Isaiah, for me, Isaiah is one of the most prophetic books in the Bible. Have you ever noticed that um, if anyone's really Christ, Christ-centered, uh, like someone who's a Christ-centered preacher will either preach out of the Gospels or Isaiah, which is in the Old Testament, which is weird. Why is that? It's because Isaiah prophesied what was to come. So I love Isaiah. I love, I love the fact that Isaiah describes Jesus, the Messiah, in such a way, and yet it wouldn't come to pass for hundreds of years. I love that fact. It's, it's, it just blows my mind. So Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you. Because the Lord has anointed me, so the Lord has anointed you, to bring good news to the poor. Now that could be financially poor, that could be poor in spirit, that could be the hopeless generation, whoever that is. You're anointed to do that, you're anointed to bring the poor into wealth. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He has sent you to bind up the brokenhearted, to lift, to be the lifter. The glo- uh, God's the, he's the glory and the lifter of my head. What you guys are called to do is you're called to be the lifters of others' heads, the, list, the lifter of others' arms. To proclaim, to, proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Man, you imagine going to someone that's bound up in, I don't know, pornography, bound up in addiction, bound up in, um, in, in their own self-doubt, bound up in um, lack of confidence, bound up in self-esteem issues, and begin to speak purpose and life and identity. Begin to set the captives free. How great is that? That we can speak life to those hopeless situations and we know that God will bring hope. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And that's, as, as, uh, for us as a church, that's something that, um, for me personally, I'm so challenged by right now. Because what I see church could be like is not what it is at the moment. And so often we curse the seed before it's come to fruit. We have to understand that we're in seed right now. What I believe is actually happening is seed was six months ago. So we cast seed and went, oh my goodness, I hope something happens. Right now where we're at is we're beginning to germinate. It's like that two leaf thing going on. We're still not even sure what fruit we're going to see from. We're not even sure what type of seed we are, let alone what fruit we're going to see from it. But we know that God's with us. We know that God's for us. We know that one of our jobs is to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. How great is it that we can say that God is good and he loves you? And the day of vengeance of our God, everything that's been lost, everything that it feels like has been lost to the enemy, God is going to reclaim. God is not only going going to pursue, he's going to overtake, and he's going to reclaim. 
Now, I don't know who that is or what that means for you guys. It could be a person. It could be um, people that used to walk with you but don't walk with you anymore. It could be broken relationships. But the vengeance of God is not about blood, fire, and brimstone. It's about restoring a people to himself. So we need to start believing that. And to comfort all who mourn. There's broken, hurting people out there. As a church, we're called to be with them. We're called to love them. We're called to lift them up. We're called to do whatever we can to take them out of that brokenness and into everything that God has for them. So I'm excited. I'm excited for what's to come. I'm excited. One of the things that's really challenging, and it's been really challenging over the last six months for me personally, is that we need to actually, uh, for me personally, I need to actually start acting the way that God wants me to act and not necessarily just the way that I feel at any particular time. Because in order for us as a church, for order, uh, in order for us as a community to walk into all that God has for us, everyone, all of us are going to grow in capacity. All of us are going to uncover treasure that we hit, that we uh, treasure and talents that we've buried a long time ago. Um, all of us are going to open up that, um, like almost that keepsake box or that glory box, is the picture that I've got on my head, where it's those giftings that we used to use and we put away because it's like, oh no, I'm not going to need that anymore. That time in my life has has passed. That time in my life has gone. That time in my life has ended. I believe God's telling us to pick up those things again. Pick up those words that have been spoken over you. Pick up those prophetic, those prophetic words, those giftings, those all of those things that God's spoken into you. It's time to rise up, rise up, rise up. So I just want to pray for you. I'm going to put some music on. That's going to be the end of the service because I've talked too long. But I'd just love to pray for you. If there's anyone that wants specific prayer, prophecy, encouragement, that's my deal. Um, Shannon's sharply prophetic. So, Lord, I just thank you for this amazing bunch of people. I thank you for those that are here and and those that aren't here but make up part of our community, Lord. God, I pray that you continue to sharpen us, that you continue to call us into your year of faith and into the year of favor. Lord, we, uh, we celebrate what's been. Lord, we celebrate the fact that we're in the stage, we're in the germination stage, we're in the stage where we're beginning to see growth. Lord, I thank you so much for what's to come. I thank you so much that... Um, you go before us, you prepare the way. So, Lord, as you open doors with your faith, help us to um, increase our faith level to match. Help us to increase what we can believe for. Help us to increase what we can hope for. Help us to increase what we pray into, Lord. Lord, I thank you so much that you, you increase our capacity. That's not done by our might. It's not done by our spirit, but by your might and your spirit. It's not by our, our identity and who we are, but by who we are in you. So, Lord, we begin to press into that. We begin to call those resources down as well, Lord. We begin, to, um, <laughs> we begin to say, sharpen us in the way that you'd have us sharpened. Lord, let us press into you more than we ever have before as we enter into this new season. God bless the people. Amen.